We have been going through for the last five weeks, and this is week number six, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes uh, is, is a book, it's right in the middle of the Bible, it comes after Psalms, Proverbs, then the book of Ecclesiastes. And it was written by a man named Solomon, who at the time was the king of Israel. Um, he was uh, a pretty wise man. In fact, he was known as probably the wisest man who had lived up to his time and probably the wisest man who has ever lived, ever. And we've been going through this book of Ecclesiastes, and it really has been an eye-opener. Um, I've, I've share, I shared with you last week how it just really uh, changed my heart, changed my life back in uh, May. And I started going through this book and studying this book. Um, and, and my whole perspective of life has just started to change because of it. Well, we're going to finish this series up today. And I've got to ask you a question. Have any of you ever come to the reality that life is just passing you by? Life is just passing you by. A few years ago, I turned 30. And I came to the realization at 30 years old that my pro soccer career was over. I had this ambition ever since I was a, as a little kid to play professional English soccer. And I played at school, uh, I played in college, I played, you know, when I was in my early 20s. Um, I even broke a leg playing soccer. I mean, I was like, loved it. But I came to the realization that I just wasn't quite good enough. At the age of 30, I had to sit down and realize it's just not going to happen for me. Life had just passed me by. And I wonder how many of you this morning, you feel that life may be just passing you by. Maybe you can't fit into those like tight, stonewashed jeans that you had back in the 80s. Maybe you can't fit into that spandex you wore in the 80s. And let me just say, if you had stonewashed jeans and you have spandex and you're trying to fit into it, it's not cool now, it wasn't cool in the 80s, don't try it. Just throw them away, okay? But so many of us, life just passes us by. For some of you, be more serious, some of you, you may be going for jobs, looking for jobs, but some younger, ambitious person is coming in interviewing for the same job, and they're going for the younger, more ambitious person. Maybe some of you, you used to get so annoyed when you were driving the car, and you go on the highway, and somebody would be driving like 30 miles an hour, which in fact is the speed limit, but you'd be so annoyed because they're going so slow, but now... 10, 15, 20 years later, you find yourself that you're the one driving and you've got a whole line of cars behind you. Life is just passing you by. You know, time catches up to the best of us. And there is one thing in life that you know will happen. And that is life will go by and you will get old. Sorry. Sorry to uh, bring that reality to you, you, but you will get old. And so for the last five weeks, we studied this book of Ecclesiastes. And we already said it was written by a man named Solomon. And if anybody lived his life to the full, it was this man, Solomon. We've already seen that, that this man, he was rich. He was, uh, he, he was powerful. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. He had big houses. He had vineyards. I mean, if this guy wanted it, he got it. He lived life to the full. But yet, as this man, Solomon entered the final years of his life. He started putting pen to paper. Well, I'm not sure if they had pens or paper back then. Maybe, I don't know, inscribed on a stone or something. But he started to write down his hypothesis of life. And in all honesty, his view of life was very cynical. It was very bitter. 
And this was his hypothesis of life. And we've discussed it and we've mentioned it every week. He said that life is meaningless just like chasing the wind. Life is meaningless just like chasing the wind. That was his whole purpose in life. He thought, this is it. This is what life is all about. It's as pointless and as meaningless as chasing the wind. But yet, as we enter this final chapter of Ecclesiastes, and if you have your Bibles today, we're going to look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the last bit of chapter 11 and chapter 12. As we enter into this last last chapter, it's like a light bulb suddenly switches on in Solomon's mind. And he starts to understand some of the purposes behind his life. And before we get to that, before we get to his final uh, saying or anything like that, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting at verse 7. And here we see that there's two pieces of wisdom that Solomon gives us. These are the final two pieces of wisdom that he gives us. And basically, he gives wisdom to what he calls old people and then what he calls young people, or the young guns. So let's take a look at his wisdom. And whether we're, we're getting on in years or whether we're just starting out in adulthood, there's something for us all. So this morning I want to start on what I call the mature people. And I've met some people who are like, you know, 50, 60, and you would think they'd be mature, but they're not. But I'm going to give you some grace. If you're, you know, if you're in that age, then I'm going to call you mature this morning. So Solomon first caught, addresses what he calls old people. Now, I'm going to be very nice to you. I'm not going to call you old today. And, uh, and, and what, this, is, this, is, this is what I think. When I was 10 years old, I thought that if you were 30, you were old. When I was 20, it kind of went up to like 50. If you were 50, you were old. Now I have no idea what old is because I'm old to a 10-year-old and I don't feel old. But I have no idea what old is. So what we're going to do for the sake of today, we're going to split it up into two categories. We're going to split it up into uh, the young guns and then what Solomon calls old, but I'm not going to call you old. Instead, imagine that life is like climbing a mountain. And we're all climbing a mountain, and, uh, and, and say we've got 80 years here on life. Well, say if the peak of life is 40. They say life starts at 40, right? So the peak of life is 40. If you are below 40 today, then you are on the upslope of life. The upslope of life. If you are past 40, then you are on the downslope of life. Not one's better than the other or anything like that. You know, upslope, I think, is harder than downslope. But if you're over 40, you're downslope, under 40, upslope. So let's first take a look at the upslope of life. This is what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7. He said, light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. Then he says, when people live to be very old, and I'm just going to scratch the very out there. So when people live to be old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. So first here that Solomon has some advice for those who are on the downslope of life. The first piece of advice he gives here, or the first piece of wisdom, he said, if you are those people who are on the downslope of life, then enjoy your days. Enjoy life. Life is short, and I'm sorry to say it, but there aren't that many days left. So enjoy life while you've got it. 
Don't go around thinking, oh, life, I wish it could be better. Enjoy the life that you have left. There's so much to enjoy in this life. And we've seen through this book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon tells us time and time again, enjoy life. Enjoy the best things of life. If you have family, enjoy your family. You know, if you're married and have a spouse, then enjoy your spouse. If, if, if you have a, a beautiful home and you're almost close to, being it pay, to it being paid off, then enjoy it. And if you've still got a long way to go, then still enjoy it anyway. Just enjoy life. That's what Solomon says here. He says, but also, while you enjoy life, don't forget to watch out for some dark days that there may be. Don't forget to watch out for some dark days. I honestly think that the older you get, the more complex life becomes. I think the harder life becomes. I remember when I was at school and I was a a kid, I used to think life was so hard because it was so hard getting up for 9 o'clock, getting to school at 9 o'clock. It was so hard, uh, you know, just listen to a teacher just babble on forever. It was so hard to have you know, an hour at lunch, and it was so hard to go home at 3.30. It was so hard to have all summer off. I mean, it was so hard. But I think the the older that we get, life just gets harder. Life gets more complex. And along the way, with this complexity, I think that life gets darker. And the days that we live in, they get darker and darker. I think the older that we get, those dark days suddenly become longer, and they become harder. There are some days, I think, that you will not be able to understand in life. There are some days that it will be so dark that you will not be able to cope with the things of this life. But through all that, Solomon says, don't forget that life can be hard. Life can be dark, and there will be days that you may even question your very existence. And I'm just talking to you who are on the downslope of life right now. Some of you, you may be looking at your life thinking, really, what did I achieve in this life? What was really my purpose here in this life? Maybe some of you, you did not achieve what you dreamt that you wanted to achieve. Maybe you feel that that God has just left you behind. Maybe you feel that your purposes have just been swept under and you've just been carried on with life. Those are the dark days of life. But for those of you this morning, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, there is good news. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 4 to 8, it says this. It says, But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. You won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Then he says this, For you are all children of the light, And of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and night. So be on your guard. Not asleep like others. Stay alert and be clear headed. Night time is when people sleep. And drinkers get drunk. Then he says this. He says, let us who live in the light be clear headed. Protected by the armor of faith and the love um, and the wearing of Um, as our helmet of the confidence of our salvation. Basically here, the Apostle Paul, who wrote to a church in a place called Thessalonica, is saying, he's saying that if you are believers in Jesus Christ, then you are what we call children of the light. Children of the light. That means 
being children of the light, you have what we call the very light of the world living inside of you. Jesus Christ is known as the light of the world. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, then the Bible tells us that you have the spirit of Jesus within us, or the spirit of Christ within us. Now that means you have light within us. And the Bible also tells us that he says that uh, what is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So that light within you is greater than that darkness is, that is around in the world. And if you are on the downslope of life, and you will go through maybe some dark, dark days, maybe you may be questioning what your life was all about, just look to Christ. Because he is the one when everything is dark, just comes and shines his light within you. And you can see the light instead of the darkness. You know, there will be those days. But don't forget that you are children of the light. And what is in you has overcome the darkness. I also want to ask you a question today for those who are on the downslope of life. And this is the question I want to ask you. What are you doing with the rest of your days or the rest of your life to invest in a generation that's coming up behind you? What are you doing with the rest of your days to invest in the generation that is coming up behind you? Did you know that there's a generation rising up? And I'm not talking about my generation, even though some of these things apply to my generation. But there's a generation, they're over in Theater 3, over there, having lots of fun, learning about God and things like that. But there is a generation over there that is really wanting to listen to what you have to say. I think my generation kind of missed it a little. I think we kind of wanted to do our own thing. But I'm glad there's a generation that's rising up that sees the value in people who are on the downslope of life. It's a generation that wants to learn. It's a generation that wants to receive guidance. Guidance. And I encourage you, if you are in the downslope of your life, invest your time in them. But just make sure you speak in the same language as them. Don't invest the time how you're in parents or you're the generation before you invested time in you. There's a way of investing your time in them, but they are desiring you to invest in them. This past week, there was a huge uh, uh, Christian leadership conference going on in Atlanta. It's called Catalyst. And it's this huge com- conference, and they get all the best speakers in. And there was a guy who, uh, who spoke this week. His name was uh, Dave Kinnaman. Dave Kinnaman is the president of, of an organization called the Barna Group. And they're the ones who basically go out, they do all surveys, and they got all the statistics in about all different things, you know, about how many people go to church, you know, how many, how many people are leaving the church, and just all lots of different things. Well, they did a survey on, on uh, this uh, next generation, or the generation that's coming up, and so from like the ages of 12 up to, I think, 25, maybe even up to 30. And this is what they found, that that generation is looking for intergenerational relationships. Basically, this is what they found. They said that they are desiring adult mentors. They are desiring to be personally discipled. Not discipled in large groups, but they want to be discipled by individuals who care for them and who want them to succeed. They also said that this generation... They want vocational input. They need help discovering their calling in life. Now, it doesn't mean that we tell them what they want to do. You're like, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. 
No, it's coming alongside them and helping them discover their calling in life. They want help with what they should do with the skills and the talents that God has given them. Also, this generation, they are looking for purpose. They need the wisdom that you have to give to them. They're looking for who God has called them to be. They are looking for what is their overall purpose in life and why God created them. And for those of you on the downslope of life, you have the answers or you have the key to invest in them and help them discover those things. Let me read something that Solomon's dad, King David, wrote in Psalm 71, verse 17 and 18. He said, Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now I am old and gray. Do not abandon me, O oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. And there's a generation that's rising up, and they need to hear the stories of how God has intervened in your life. They need to hear the miracles that God has done when you were younger. They need to hear those things. You need to invest in this generation coming up. So that's what he had to say for the old people. Sorry. Let's have a look at what Solomon says for the young people. I like to call these people the young and restless because we really are pretty restless. And I still am in this group just, so I'm happy. My wife is closer to being out of this group than me, so I'll be in it a little longer. Don't tell her I said that. But this second group that uh, Solomon addresses is what I call the people on the upslope of life. You have most of your life ahead of you. You haven't reached the peak of life yet. But let's have a look at what Solomon has to say for you. And let me tell you, it's pretty interesting. It says this in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9 says, young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. There he goes again, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Well, Forget the meaningless. Let's look at the, the wisdom that, that Solomon is telling us here. He said, if you are on the upslope of life, then enjoy life. Enjoy it. Life is to be enjoyed. It's not to be worried about or going through and like life is horrible. Life is to be enjoyed. But while you're enjoying yourself, do one thing. Don't defile yourself and don't defile God. There's lots of things to be enjoyed in this life, but some of the enjoyments that we do in this life can defile our own bodies and can defile God. Make sure when we're enjoying our lives that we're not doing that. Because one day you will have to give an account for your actions. And just because you are on the upslope of life and it seems that you've got a whole life ahead of you, it does not excuse you for an ungodly lifestyle. But there's so much to life to be enjoyed. You don't need an ungodly lifestyle to enjoy life. He also says here, he says, don't worry. Don't worry about things. Yes, we must plan and we must be sensible. We must be wise with the things that we do. But quit worrying about tomorrow. Jesus says, why are you worrying about tomorrow? Today has enough worries about it on, on its own. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't worry about tomorrow. 
But God comes and feeds them and gives them what they need. And God will give you what you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yes, plan. Yes, you know, put things in place to secure your future. But don't worry because God has got all the needs that you need for you. He also says basically here, he says, be healthy. Let me tell you, those on the upslope of life, don't abuse your bodies. Don't abuse your bodies. Make sure your lifestyle is a healthy lifestyle. And the reason I say that isn't because, you know, I'm, what's his name, Richard Simmons or something like that. Is that, you know, that'd be pretty sad if I was. But it's not, it's not because, you know, we just want everyone to be fit and healthy and, and, and European-style shirts and things like that. But it's because if you live an unhealthy lifestyle now, there's going to be a day where you get on that downslope of life and life is going to catch up to you very quick. And when life catches up to you very quick, your body is going to frail and your body is going to deteriorate and you are not going to be able to do the things that God has called you to do because your body cannot cope. And for some of you, if you have an unhealthy lifestyle, then do your best to start living healthy. And the reason I say that is because you do not want this life to pass by you before you even had a chance to fulfill the purposes that God has got for you. So that's why he says there. Well, let's continue. See what else he says. Gets a little bit more interesting. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, starting at verse 1, he said, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. Remember Him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim in your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your skies. Basically here, Solomon is saying, Don't be so busy with your life that you neglect God. Don't be so busy with your life that you neglect God. Otherwise, life is just going to sweep you away. And before you know it, you're going to be a place in your life where you're not even going to be able to hear. You're not going to be able to taste. You're not going to be able to see. You're not going to be able to sense God at all. And when that happens, life becomes very dark. And those dark days we were talking about, those on the downslope of life, if you neglect God now, those dark days when you get to the downslope of life will become greater, they'll be harder, and they will be longer. Don't neglect God while you're on the upslope of life. Also, honor God before you, before you become bitter as you enter the downslope of life. For those on the downslope of life, you know that there's a lot of things in life you can become very bitter about. And I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than a bitter old man, right? I mean, there's some in my neighborhood, and you see them, and they're just like nasty. They walk their dog with their little stick, and they're coming out, and they're just like, life stinks. And, you know, there's nothing worse than a bitter old man. But honor God now so you won't become bitter. And then also we see that, basically Solomon says, seek God all of your days. Seek God all of your days. I want to add to this. I also want to say, let your lives be a sacrifice unto God. In, in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Now listen to this. It says, Now let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. Not like getting a lamb and putting it on an altar and a sacrifice. But let your life be a living sacrifice. Let your life be a sacrifice unto God. 
says the kind of sacrifice that God will find acceptable. It says this is true. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God, uh, God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many of you want to know what the will of God is for, for your life? I mean, so many of us. The way that we do that is we offer our lives as a living sacrifice unto God. We honor God. We seek God for all of our days. And the reason for this is because this is what's going to happen with our lives. Here in Ecclesiastes 12, this is what Solomon said. He says, don't forget God. Remember God. Seek God. Because he says, remember God before your legs, the gods of your house, start to tremble. I don't know if any of you are at the place yet where... Uh, you kind of get up and your legs start to shake. I don't know, when, like, I'll work out once in a while. My wife tells me to work out a whole lot more. But sometimes I'll work out, and they always do like these squats and stuff when I work out, and I'm, I hate them. And after like 30 minutes of, work, of, of working out, I like can't stand, and I'm like, my legs are shaking. I have to sit down. And I could just imagine when I get to 80 years old, that may be what my legs are going to be like. They're going to be like shaking. And when your legs are shaking, you can't move around as you once did. And for those of you on the upslope of life, that's going to happen to you one day. Your legs are going to get shaky. It says, and then he says, uh, remember him before your shoulders. He calls them the strong men. Start to st- uh, stoop. So before you start getting rounded shoulders and you look like a, you know, a dear old lady. Remember God before that. Then he says, remember God before, uh, uh, remember him before your teeth. The few remaining servants stop grinding. Basically, before at night, you put your teeth in the, in the, in the cup of water beside you. And, uh, and, and before you've got no teeth, remember God before that happens to you. Then he says this. He says, remember, um, remember God uh, before your eyes, the woman looking through the windows. I'm like, I don't understand that one, the woman looking through the windows. Right. But before your eyes see dimly. Remember a few years ago, my wife, Raquel, was, was uh, going to get some new glasses. And so she has the test and the glasses. And she comes out and she says, uh, I may need bifocals. And I'm like, uh-uh-uh. I'm like, no wife of mine is wearing bifocals. I'm like, you are not old enough to wear bifocals. She goes, no, no, no. They can do it really nice so you can't even see the bifocals anymore. And I was like, oh. I'm like, time is ticking by. My wife is wearing bifocals. And things, well, that's going to happen to the best of you on the upslope of life. Bifocals is certain for us all. He says also, he says, remember him before the doors to life's opportunities is closed. You know, there's so many opportunities for you on the upslope of life, but there will be a day when those opportunities cease and stop. And people will forget you. Remember God before those days happen. Remember God uh, uh, now, uh, now you rise at the chirping of the birds. But then suddenly those chirping and the birds, the sounds will grow faint. It says, remember him before you become fearful of falling or you worry about danger in the streets. So basically, remember God before you become that old lady who won't get out of the house because she may fall. Or when she sees a group of of teenagers in hoodies and she starts trembling and scared scared because she thinks they're going to mug them. Remember God before that happens to you. You may think it's many years away, but time ticks. Time ticks. It says, remember God before 
your hair turns white like the almond tree in bloom. For some of us, that happens a lot quicker than what we can imagine. It says, remember God before you drag along without energy like a grasshopper. There'll be a day when you just don't have any energy anymore, where you find it difficult to get out of bed, you find it difficult to do the things. You know, you go to Hershey Park and you will not be able to go on the rides anymore because they'll make you all dizzy and sick. Remember God before those days. It says, remember God before the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. I'm like, whoa. I read this to my wife this week and she was like, no way, the Bible does not say that. I'm saying, look at it. And so, uh, so the question I asked, I was like, I wonder if Wegmans sells caperberry. So guys, this is what we're going to do in our group this week. We're going to do 101 best ways to use caperberry. <laughs> and you can see all the guys on the phone, like Google, caperberry, what's caperberry? Well, I'll tell you what caperberry is. Caperberry comes from the same plant as capers, and it's a little different, but you actually can buy it in the stores. And do you know how I know? Because I Googled it as well. So. <laughs> but guys, there'll be a day where Viagra becomes your best friend. I'm just saying. It says, remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. And basically, finally, Solomon is saying here, to you who are on the off of life, do not forget God before life ends. Before the life just ends and that's it. There's no more. Because there'll be a day where there'll be no more. There'll be no more chances. Do not forget God. You may think you've got a whole life ahead of you. But life goes pretty quick. Don't wait until maybe you've climbed the corporate ladder. Don't wait before you become financially comfortable. Don't wait until you've graduated or before you get married. Don't wait until your kids can take care of themselves. But instead, remember God today. Let your life be a life that is offered up to God as a living sacrifice unto God today. Remember God before it is too late. Life goes, off, life goes by too quick to put off tomorrow what you can do today. And the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. So if you're on the upslope of life, let your life be a life devoted unto God. Because there may be a day when you get old and you'll regret those things that you did not put God first in your life. Well, finally, and as we close today, this is the final words that Solomon says. We've gone through 12 chapters of this book. We've seen Solomon say a lot of things. But this is what he says. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 8, this is the theme of Solomon's message for life. He says, everything is meaningless says the teacher, completely meaningless, just like chasing the wind. He says this, he says, now keep this in mind. Forget that everything's meaningless, now keep this in mind. The teacher, or Solomon, was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truth clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. 
Their collected sayings are like nail studded, uh, like a nail studded stick with which a shepherd drives the sheep. The words that we've seen in this book have not been easy words. Last week was probably the hardest that we heard that things in life just happen. Life sometimes happens. And they're hard to take. Some of the words and the things that we've discussed has been hard. And maybe, I don't know, you may have been evaluating your life thinking, wow, I've got it wrong. I know for myself, I've had to evaluate my life. And I read this and it was like somebody was just like beating me with a stick. It was so hard to take. But Solomon says that the words of the wise are sometimes like this. That sometimes they have to be harsh, hard words to say in order to bring us in the right place. Solomon was very honest with us. But the final piece of advice Solomon has is this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. He closes his whole hypothesis of life with this. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. For those of you who like, like to get in depth with the Bible, the Amplified Version is a real good book to read. It kind of just amplifies what, what the Bible says and, and it, and it, and it uh, explains a lot of things. But this is what Solomon says. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, all has now been heard. The end of the matter is this. So forget everything else that we've talked about. The end of the matter is this. Fear God. Fear God. That means to revere and worship him, knowing that he is God. He's not a human. He is God. So fear God. And then keep his commandments. What are his commandments? The words of this book, the words that the Bible give us are his commandments for life. So fear God and keep his commandments. Then he says this, for this is the whole of man. The whole of man. The full The original purpose of man, the original purpose of God's creation, the object of God's provision. It says the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to inharmonious circumstances and the conditions under the sun. So when life gets out of joint, God is the one who brings us in alignment. He says this is the whole of man and the whole duty for every man. And he finishes by saying, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Basically, your purpose in life is this. Fear God, obey his commands. Fear God, obey his commands. It's not to be a great missionary. It's not to bring up the best family. It's not to make sure that your kids are the best kids. It's not to make sure that you're the greatest spouse, even though these are all important. It's not to make sure that you get the greatest education or the best job. It's not, it's not uh, to say that you, your purpose wasn't to build the best house or have the fastest cars. It was to fear God. Solomon was a man. He had everything. He had the good looks. He had riches. He had power. He had women. Oh boy, did he have women, like a thousand of them. He had fast cars. Well, I'm not sure if he had fast cars, but maybe fast chariots. He had big houses. He had huge vineyards. He had fame. He had incredible wisdom. But yet his evaluation of life was so sad. For him, he had all that. 
but it was just totally pointless. It was totally meaningless, just like chasing the wind. This was what Solomon did with his life. He chased it. Chased the wind. It's like he had a wind turbine and just chased the wind wherever it went. That was Solomon's life, chasing the wind. But yet I think at the end of Solomon's life, he realized this one thing. He had missed his very purpose in life. He had tried and tried to find satisfaction through life, yet Solomon searched in the wrong places. He asked the wrong questions, and I honestly think in his old age, before he died, he finally got it. Life is not about Solomon, but life is about God. And I tell you today, life is not about you. As much as we want to think it's about us, life is not about us. It is about him. And because it is about him, he makes it about us. When you divert your attention to God, God diverts his attention back to you. When you divert your attention to yourself, God is nowhere. And you will not find God. Living a life unto God instead of chasing the wind. Chasing the goodness of God instead of chasing the wind. And there will be a day in your lives when you will give an account unto the Lord. And like I said, he won't ask you if you're perfect. He won't ask you if you tried your best in school. He won't ask you if you were the best employee or employer. He won't ask you if you put enough hours in at the office. He won't ask you if you made enough money. He won't ask you if you were the greatest spouse or the greatest parent. He won't ask you if you had the nicest home or the fastest car. He won't even ask you if you helped build the best church in the world, which is Generation Church. He's going to ask you this one thing. Did you fear me and obey my commands or did you chase the wind? Did you fear me and obey my commands or did you chase the wind? I want to leave you today not with the words of Solomon, but with the words of Jesus. Jesus in Luke 17.33 said this. He said, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. Hear that? If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you let your life go, let it go unto God, offer it as a sacrifice unto God, Jesus says, you will save it. It doesn't make sense, does it? But the thing is, the kingdom of God doesn't make sense. Because like we talked about last week, our ways are not God's ways. But for you today, if you cling to the things of this world, if you cling to the things that in this life that you think matter, you will end up losing it. Just like chasing the wind. But if you decide to give your life unto God, you will save it. Let's pray.